It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, February 13th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that really would like a do-over on this past weekend of games for the Flyers. Yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about, good and bad. Yeah, there's some tough losses there. We're going to break down both of them and get to our nemesis of the week all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. That's where we post about our latest episodes, Flyers news, all that good stuff. You can email the show at lockdownflyers at gmail. We've got a mailbag almost every week, so you can send those in. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all those fun places. We're also over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well. Russ, before we dig into the details of these back-to-back losses that the Flyers had over the weekend, uh, we did get one bit of news that was a little bit of a tease, but then was okay on Sunday, and that was the Ali Lixel call-up. This wasn't smooth, by the way. No, but I don't think it could be smooth. Oh, no, it, it... because. I th- because I disagree. of the two afternoon games. It doesn't so, matter. He's coming from Hartford. It's not like he's coming from Europe. All he had to do was drive that night, and he could have played. Like, it's not a big deal. Players do it all the time. I don't the think time. they wouldn't have wanted him to play because he played Friday night, and it was an afternoon game. You know what? I, I disagree only because I've seen so many players like this getting, you know, another chance, coming in hot. How many times do we see it? He comes in from the airport. We're not sure if he could play. Yeah, he's in there. He's playing. No, they – they, I think they could have done it. They could have done it, but I think the timing of it being an afternoon game and the waiver expiration being at 3 p.m. and all, I think all of that together is why it turned out the way it did. Uh, but he did slot in on Sunday, and uh, I think a little bit to my surprise, they put him up there with Lawton and Hayes. Not for the whole that. game, though. Well, that's true. But to start off with, uh, they they put him up there. I personally would have swapped Farabee with Lixel and put him with Cates and Konechny, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I thought he was good. Part of it I had to listen to on the radio. And the part I listened to on the radio was sad because he had already gotten switched off the second line and he's breaking yeah. into the offensive zone and he makes a pass to Nick Delorier and it's off his stick. Like, what's he supposed to do about that? And that's... These are the kinds of things where 10 minutes or I should say probably five minutes on the second line and the rest with the fourth line guys and then the rest on the bench, total grand total. He didn't play a lot in the third. Not going to help him. Like this is a long-term guy. This is not a guy you're bringing in to spell the guys with tired legs from the back-to-back. That is not the, the thing here, but that's what the coach did. 
Yeah, and that's why I would have put him with Cates and Konechny because Farabee yes. has been struggling a little bit from a playmaking perspective recently. Mm-hmm. Lixell is geared toward that and having a speedy guy like Konechny with him and a reliable center like Noah Cates, I think that would have been the perfect scenario for Ali Lixell to be successful in this game. Yeah, but, you know, still he looked pretty good. He had one shot that registered. Hopefully he gets more time, like like eight to ten games. Not like two games. We shall see. And uh, we're going to be talking about to-dos on the road trip. And I suspect that involving prospects like Ali Lixell will be part of that uh, on tomorrow's show. But digging into the weekend, I think, you know, there's a few, more than a few, I think, key things to bring up here. So the first thing for me is this overtime problem. It's massive. one and nine this season. And uh, I think it really highlighted partially the big difference in goaltending between the two games. Uh, But I also think that it's just a scenario where this 2D overtime setup is not working. And Torts just seems to be so wedded to it. And I don't know what the issue is here. I know what the issue is. So this is a bigger thing. So I'll, I'll, it's it's a two-part thing. So the bigger issue is he's doing the 2D to keep it safe because his guys are not as fast as the other guys. And a lot of times the speed guys, first couple shifts on the overtime are the guys that could kill you, right? So the defensemen are the guys that can slow him down. So I, that's the thinking. Uh, the problem is with this team in general Getting past when I had talked about guys getting gassed, and they're still getting gassed too often. But the other thing is when they go back on defense, when they're coming out of transition and trying to set up on D, the other team has already gotten the puck and made a pass many times, and they can't set up. And a lot of times the other team sets up defensively at a transition before the Flyers even get their offense going, before they even get anything going in the offensive zone. And getting beat that way is something where I know the coach knows it's a problem. He thought, you know, doing all these bag skates was going to cure it. It's not. Everybody needs to go see a skating coach this summer, even the good ones. Everybody can get better. And the edict has to be this team has to be much faster because there's a lot of fast teams in this league and they're just going to fall behind. Yeah. And I think, you know, another key part of that is the faceoffs, right? Because yes. they never got the puck in the overtime no. against Nashville. And they have to have, like, God, you know, we miss Claude Giroux, right? Because, I'd show Couturier, yeah. And Couturier. I think, you know, if you look at just overall, the face-offs were 62 to 39% Preds and 56 to 44% Kraken. That is not going to bode well for you, especially in that overtime situation. Yeah, I mean, again, with the thought of Sean Couturier coming back next year, it helps it a little bit. But if essentially these are the guys you've got, um, they'll get a little better on faceoffs, but you still don't really have a number one center, and they're going to have problems next year with faceoffs again, unless they pick up somebody in the offseason that is a true like faceoff shark, and they may have to do that. Another thing that really stood out to me this weekend is I don't think the Flyers did a great job adjusting between the Nashville and Seattle styles of play. So right. that Nashville game was a real grind, real defensive battle. You know, you look at both teams were really limited in shots because it, it just, you know, it, their it offenses are limited. We talked about yeah. it, like where they rank in the league, they're limited. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so, you know, it was a really physical game and Seattle just plays a more open style of hockey. And I don't think at least for the first period against Seattle, they were even playing like, you know, they should have been against a team like Seattle is. Yeah, I I agree with that. And and again, you could always say, hey, they're playing three out of four, whatever. It's March. Everybody's got a condensed schedule. Maybe Seattle had a little fresher legs, but I've seen the Flyers not have fresh legs with the rest too. So we saw that a couple days ago. So it doesn't really matter. Um, In the end, they're hockey players. They have to get over that. And, And I do agree with you. I think... You know, there were times where they did rise to the occasion in this game, and then there were times where there were these big letdowns, uh, especially on defense. Uh, you know, like, it's nice that James Van Riemsdyk got that goal, but that turnover was brutal. Like, it couldn't right. have been any worse of a turnover, and it led directly to a goal. So, okay, so he evens that out. That's fine. But the problem with this team is, even if he evens that out, there's not a lot of scoring there. So you can't have more than a couple of those a game, and that's hard. It's hard to play that way. And they're doing their best, and they are listening to the coach to some degree, I think. Um, yes. You, you see that mostly. But, again, it's just whether it's physical limitations, whether it's positioning, but they're, you know, like the, the Jaden Schwartz goal. There's just no no reason for that. There's Which too many one? guys. Yeah, the second one, sorry. The yeah. you know, the guys are just collapsing low and it's like, why? I get I get you feel like maybe you were kind of not giving your best game in front of Felix Sandstrom, but in the end, that wasn't the way to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, they got it close at the end. That Patrick Brown shot was kind of like a miracle shot, fine. But really there were times where they were heavily outplayed in the game. And I think you're right. I think you do almost have to have that either a different mindset or different slightly different lines to face these teams like you got to look at the matchups you know I really thought in both games they were doing a poor job in their defensive zone where they were seeding the high end of the defensive zone you saw it especially in that overtime winner for Nashville but uh, in a good part of the game against Seattle too I think they just were like okay you can enter the zone we're going to collapse a little bit and then hope for the best but the best wasn't good enough. So if you're going to have that strategy, you have to have the play to back it up. And all they did, well, not all they did. They had some good points to it as well, but, but I think they made some key mistakes that if they had just battled harder, you know, at the high end of the defensive zone and maybe got some sticks in there, they wouldn't have had to play like that in the first place. Yeah. That I'll tell you, to start that Nashville game, and I knew it wasn't going to last, those were the worst line combinations I'd seen all year. Oh, man. <laughs> they made no sense. It, they really God. were blender lines, and they were awful. They were. I'm glad he sort of got it together partway through that game, switched yeah. back, because it was ugly. It was. All right. We have a lot more to talk about with this weekend and uh, batch of games, and we will do so coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. I started using Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system, and hated taking pills and vitamins. And I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. It costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Athletic Greens contain less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Russ, I think, you know, a key part of what we saw this weekend was a a little bit of a weekend flyers offense where they just weren't doing some of the right things. You know, you saw against Seattle, you know, they did score three goals, but one of them was that shorty. uh, And, you know, that, Again, like you said, that JVR goal was kind of a, a lucky bat in the air. Yeah. But I, I think just structurally, I really don't think that the Flyers are doing enough to get goaltenders to bite. I think that the goaltenders in both games had a generally easy go of it. I think Grubauer, you know, toward the end of the game, obviously there was that flurry of shots uh, and he made sure. some key stops. But for the most part, he had a clear field of vision and he was able to anticipate. And I think that was a huge part of why they couldn't get shots. Yeah, I mean, Owen Tippett, you know, created the Van Reems like play. So, you know, he was one of the guys, one of the few that were really super aggressive. I mean, Travis connecting is just in the muck now and and Torts knows it and he knows he can't really do anything to get him out of it, that he's going to have to get him out of get out of it himself. And that last penalty of his could have been brutal. I mean, the game may not have even have been close if uh, Matty Beneers maybe skated the puck instead of trying to shoot it with Kevin Hayes, but good block by Kevin Hayes. And then he made a block, Beneers, where I hope the guy's not hurt. That, that, that looked like it really hurt, but, you know, that's what you do in hockey. Uh, those kinds of things, like Connecty's really kind of has to just sort of calm down and, and try and get it together because, you know, he is – you could say what you want about Kevin Hayes' points, but right now Travis Connect is the best player on the team. Yeah, I think so. And uh, I think you're right. And and it has been this looming thing now, right, that he hasn't scored in however many games. But at the same time, he's been creating chances for himself. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just don't – and people have been trying to get him the puck to get yes. that goal. Like there's – very clearly a team-wide effort to get him to score going on here. And it, it, you're right. It's just something he's got to work through himself. Is it something to worry about? I don't necessarily think so because what he's doing is creating a, a lot of chances and is part of the good side to this team's offense. But I think, you know, he's probably a lot more worried than the rest of us are about him. We just kind of hope he can get out of it sooner rather than later. Yeah. um, I'm looking right now and it looks like uh, the Flyers now have the lowest ranked power play in the league. The lowest. They've they've hit bottom. (laughs) You can only go up from here. That is a problem. Yeah. It's uh, it's a little something else. 
brutal. But I, I do think it was good to see a second unit power play goal in the game against Seattle. Um, it mm-hmm. looked pretty good, too. That's why mm-hmm. I'm sometimes and they did do it a couple of times earlier this season where they put power play two out first. And it was probably circumstantial due to most of power play one being out on a shift just prior right. to the power play. So they had to. But sometimes this second unit has created a lot more chances with a lot better puck movement. And I would put them out first on general principle just to try something different. To shake it up. Why not? I mean, you're 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 worse than the league. Like, try something else. Do something else. I'm with you. I'm I'm all for that. Yeah, and you know, I I mentioned faceoffs being the problem. I think, you know, on the good side of things or the bad side of things, depending on how you take this, they kind of doubled up on blocks, pretty mm-hmm. much on both of the Preds and the Kraken. And what that says to me is they're not preventing the shots in the first place. Right. Right. They have to block more shots. This is what you do when you're a mediocre team. You have to go out there and block a ton of shots because otherwise a lot of these chances are going to go in. And Torts knows that and he's played that way. And he used to use guys like Dan Girardi to do that. And now he's got guys here that are willing to block shots. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's why keeping it close hockey can be misleading sometimes. But right now, you know, I put out a post a tweet yesterday that was, you know, mixed, mixed reaction. But I basically said the flyers are getting dangerously close to being out of that number 11 spot for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. And right now they're still in it. And, you know, and people are like, well, there's a lot of games left and yeah, but you know what? Wait until after the, the break, there's going to be a lot more bad teams. There's a lot of bad teams now in this league. There's going to be a lot more. And I'm telling you right now, and, I do think winning is important, but I think winning, developing, and not getting out of that 11th spot from the bottom should be the actual game plan. And clearly it's not because the other part that's going to – this is off the script, but I'm going to tell it to you anyhow because I know we always have a a game plan, but this is off the script. But the one thing that worries me, and I see it happening, is teams are already getting aggressive trading, right? You're seeing the trades that are going through and the things that are being talked about and the Flyers really aren't being mentioned. John Tortorella is probably going to let Chuck Fletcher know when he's raising the white flag. I don't think Chuck Fletcher is going to tell John, hey, we're trading Van Riemsdyk like this week because I've got two offers and we're doing it. I don't think that's happening. And Torts is going to go to the bitter end. Like, the you know, the boat will be half full of water and, and he's still going to think he's in it. And that is going to affect... A, what they get at the deadline, and B, you know, it's not a guarantee they're going to get everybody traded. It's just not. I have mixed feelings about that because I I think that probably intellectually, Torts is a guy who can't give up like that. But I think based on what he said, he knows 100% that this team is not making the playoffs. And so I... I think it's a little bit of a mixed message. But it's up to the GM to pull the plug on it. Correct. And that's the thing is that, you know, that's where that goes next is Chuck has got to do the right thing and pull the plug. Like you said, and just tell Taurus, it doesn't matter what you want at this point. Chuck Fletcher has to say, do you want a better team next year to coach? Then you got to let me do what I got to do. 
Now that's right. all presuming Chuck Fletcher wants to do those things, which is a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah, that's that'll be another day. But that this is a worry. Yeah, and it's a legit it's a legit worry when you see other teams making deals, and I'm being told that there's a lot of you know cap space that's near to the top. Some teams have a little bit of room, and yeah, I mean you've got to find a, a trading partner. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, getting back to this weekend of action, I, I think that, you know, the main story here is not good enough for, for the whole game, both times. And, right. you know, you want to say, uh, Sandstrom let in one that maybe you shouldn't and hard on that overtime goal. Uh, yeah. but, but at the same time, I think there needed to be a more complete effort in both games. Both games had some periods of, of good play. I would say, you know, the Preds game a lot more. So there were obviously the whole second period of that Preds game was a disaster, but I think, you know, other than and that's that, without Forsberg, like Forsberg left that game. And yeah. I know the Preds played a little better because they were mad, but you know, after a while the yeah. game settles and they were without their best player. So, you know, yep. Hopefully he'll be okay. Uh, he's day to day right now. Yep. Yeah, at least it seems like it's not severe because it looked really bad yesterday. So we wish him a speedy recovery. Yeah, you know, the hit was fine. It, it was a legal yeah. hit and I don't think was. there was anything malicious. Intended, it's the landing. But yeah, that's all it was. So, yeah, I hope he gets better soon. Hope the Flyers can get better soon at playing <laughs> some of their hockey. But we've got a few days to think about it and, uh, you know. Think about what they've done and sit in the corner right. for a while. Uh, in the meantime, we have our nemesis of the week coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. I'm not a super basketball person, but uh, free throws are a fun thing. And I, I think mm -hmm. I would probably bet on free throw percentages of a team, maybe the Sixers. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Russ, uh, nemesis of the week this week, and you out there listening, if you're newer to Locked On Flyers, each and every Monday, we look at the week ahead and say, what is bothering us? Who is our enemy or frenemy for the upcoming week in hockey? Last week, we talked a little bit about managing the team heading into trade deadline. Interestingly, that came up today in our discussion of the weekend. And, you know, what are they doing in terms of lines and showcasing guys that they need to for trade deadline? And, you know, there's a lot of stuff to come of that. We're going to talk more about that on tomorrow's show. But for me this week, for the Flyers, it's this upcoming West Coast road trip. And that leads into it because 
you know, it's a time away. They're out of the time zone. They're kind of out of the spotlight a little bit uh, because, you know, you got to stay up until 10 or 1030 to watch those <laughs> games. And what are they going to do? What are they going to do to kind of solidify their quote unquote identity for the season? Uh, can they be successful? You know, they're starting out with uh, another game against the Kraken, then the Canucks, and then uh, the other teams the following week. And, you know, there's going to be some tough competition there uh, and some other teams that are looking to do similar things, such as the Canucks and showcasing some more free agents for them to trade off. And I think that, it, you know, it's they, they've got a, a lot to think about and, and what mm-hmm. to do. And so... Uh, and a lot of time now to stew about it, frankly. So I think it's a really awkward but could be productive time in this season. Yeah, totally agree. All right, so mine's going way off here. Um, we're going to go into a little bit of a ditch here. So we're going to talk about oh, Marvel Night. I love your ditches. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go and talk about Marvel Night. Um, I will tell you, I divulge that um, the uh, ringtone on my phone is the Avengers theme. Uh, it was something else, and then I, I, you know, decided to switch it to that, and it's good. That's been uh-huh. that's been a good one for me. I am more of a DC guy, but that's another another thing for another day. Just sure, because they sure. failed, they failed in the race. But here's so Marvel Night was good. I mean, day it was Marvel Day. Um, kids really liked it. You know, you see all the costuming and everything else, and they're playing the music, and that's fine. And but there was something missing. What was missing were villains. There were no villains. You can't only have good guys. I didn't see Thanos. I didn't see any villains. You know, my favorite Marvel character is Submariner, who seemingly now was sort of pitched as almost a villain uh, in uh, the Black Panther movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. It's pretty cool. But um, the second one. But but the thing is, you got to have some villains. Like, come Um on. It's like. Gritty did dress up as Loki. That's a yeah, but that's it. That's the only that was the only villain. Uh, I guess so. I think that's a fair point. And we felt like Gritty should have been like the Hulk. Loki, it almost seemed like, and this was not only my no, opinion. Loki is perfect. No, I'm going to say this is not only my opinion. the The costume on Gritty almost seemed like it was reimagined from Star Wars night, and just had the scepter. Uh, or whatever you call what Loki carries there. So it seemed like we we were all thinking, or at least a couple of us, that yeah, the Hulk would have been better for 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 him, but because he could have um, stomped on the on the logo. Yeah, I don't know. That's okay. just me. Here's here's my point about Gritty being Loki, is that Loki is the trickster, right? And so that's the character of gritty gritty is sly gritty is humorous with like a, a biting humor to him okay. um and he I, is I challenge you doing tell evil me. but thinking they're doing good and that is gritty personified but gritty doesn't have a brother who cares well loki has a brother the fanatic thor. it's no, a big deal the fanatic is thor and gritty is no loki. no no 100 no, that's a reach no, no that's a reach. Not. No, it is not. It's a total reach. The fanatic is a good Put guy. Put it up on a and poll. It's a goofy let's... good guy that's like light humor. Okay, and... let the let the listeners right. decide. Put it up I, on a poll. I will put it up on a poll over on YouTube. So, 
uh, and see what y'all think. But I really think if you put the fanatic and you put Gritty together, that is Thor and Loki, right? There. They are not blood brothers. Sorry. Neither are the fanatic and Gritty. No, I know the other two are blood brothers. I mean, I, I'm meaning fanatic. Yes, they are. No. No, I thought they were. Uh, no, they are not. I'm pretty sure they Loki are. He was adopted. All right. Was he adopted? I don't yes. know. Yes, in, okay. uh, in MCU canon. Yes, I can't speak to the comics. Um, ah, okay. That well, may be true. Okay, I, I get you on that. So that brings us to our fun thing to end the show, which was me coming up with the perfect Marvel hero for Travis Konechny. Uh, Gianna Han from The Inquirer uh, put up a post and said she was asking around to the Beats who are covering the game. Uh, what Marvel character Travis Konechny would be. And the Beats gave up uh, Deadpool, Ant-Man, and Quicksilver. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's Rocket Raccoon. And then she was like, yes, you are correct, Rachel. And I am, I like I am correct in my assessment of that <laughs> situation. I didn't even vote. I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a good one. But That was uh, good, though. Good for you. Yeah. TK is 100% Rocket. Oh, yeah. All right, that will do it for today's show. We're going to be back tomorrow with that road trip to-do list for the Flyers. We're going to check in with the Phantoms. Sam Erson got his first AHL-level shutout this past weekend, so lots of good stuff to talk about there. As a reminder, we want to hear from you, so if you've got mailbag questions or you want to you know, respond to that poll, you can check out over on YouTube and you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.